0: Welcome to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from Pastor Paul Ogando. Amen. Amen. If you can believe, if you can believe, can you say that with me? If you can believe. It is so important that we understand this phrase because this phrase is a lot of times used before somebody's going to tell a story or set somebody up or do something where you say, what I'm about to tell you is so crazy if you can believe this can happen. And it's so incredible because last week, last week, our pastor taught on faith, faith about healing. And if you have not heard the message, I invite you to go online and do that. Um, And so, because it was so incredible and as he was preaching, God spoke to me profoundly. Now, faith is not one of my... Every preacher, if you don't know, has a particular topic that they tend to gravitate towards uh, that you're really good at, and so you manage that topic, and so you go for it. But God was so dropping in my heart as we were sitting here, just so much on faith, because this is a church founded by faith. My wife and I do not come from a faith, word of faith, per se, background, um, but when we came to our church, we saw how Pastor Jim and Deborah were so focus in that, teaching the importance of faith that really motivates us throughout all these years to grow in this particular aspect of our Christian life. Are you with me today? And I, I want you to open your heart to this because I want to show you something that is simple and you can miss it because sometimes we dismiss simplicity, but it's also so profound because the more I study faith, the more I realize our, how our life depends on it in our walk with Christ. Are you with me today? I mean it just depends on it. When we were young, I, I'm sure you did it, I know I did it. When we were young, we used to take greater risk. We would do crazier stuff because because here's why we did it. We did it because we felt, hey, we have nothing to lose to lose. We're young, we can do this, we can try that. But as we got older, we have tried and do less risky things. And the reason why we do that is because in our head and our hearts has programmed us that in the past negative experience have allowed us to understand if I do this in return, I'll get this thing that I've been through. And so we limit a risk factor. But you know what? In Christ is the, completely the opposite. The risk factor of trusting Jesus becomes greater as we walk with Him. The people who walk with the Lord, they didn't do greater things when they were younger. They did greater things. The deeper they got into the Lord, they realized there's so much more we can do with Christ in our lives. Are you with me tonight? And so I want to invite you tonight to grow in this walk of faith so that you can say that expression if you can believe. Let's go to the book of Mark. Book of Mark and the book of John. We're going to be covering some verses, but those are the main. The book of Mark chapter 9. Chapter 9. Book of Mark chapter 9. Stay there, Mark. We're going to look at other verses, but we'll stay here tonight. Our pastor taught us from Mark 11, um, 24, and we're going to look at that towards the end. But um, this episode is so incredible. It's so incredible because Jesus heals a child that is possessed by spirit that keeps him mute and deaf. And so this young boy cannot speak and cannot hear. But somehow the father has identified that it's a spirit. Let me get you to where they're at before I tell you all of what's happening. Jesus has just come down from the mountain of transfiguration. If you don't know what that is, this is one of the greatest events that happened to uh, John, Peter, and James. Jesus invite, so Jesus has 12, and out of the 12, he has an inner circle that is John, Peter, and James. And they go up to this mountain where Jesus is praying, and as he's in a conversation, Moses and Elijah show up. I, I, I don't know if you're getting this, but this is like the fathers of the nation, the fa- everything. These guys show up, and these guys realize we're in an amazing moment. What we're seeing right now is so incredible. So they're having this a spiritual high up there in the Mount of Transfiguration. But down here in the valley, the rest of the disciples are having a hard time with this one boy. So. Jesus is over here praying. The disciples are doing the work of the ministry. They're praying for people. People are coming, and so they don't know what to do. So Jesus comes down and finds an argument. The Pharisees and Sadducees and these guys and scribes, these are the theological geniuses of the day, are arguing with the disciples, and the disciples are there trying to argue. Now, please understand, you and I have the ability to read the Word of God and learn. These guys were learning from Jesus, so they had no scripture to refer back to except the Old Testament, where they didn't see things the way they were seeing now with Jesus. Are you with me? And this is an important factor about faith, because remember, when you're young, you take risks, but when you're older, you're saying, I've never seen this stuff, and what I've seen has been negative in my life. These guys have never seen stuff like that. Jesus comes down, and says, what is going on? And they tell him what's going on. Hey, Jesus. And they, you know, kind of say their thing. And Jesus gets frustrated. And here's what happens. Verse 17. One man, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I, I like it how it reads as a story, but you can read in your version. Mark 9:17. One of the men in the crowd spoke and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. This man knew Jesus was going to be there. I've heard what he could do, so I'm bringing my sick child to Jesus. My friend, this is why we came to the feet of Jesus. He is the one with the answer. Are you with me tonight? He's the one with the answer. Give God a praise if you're going to do it tonight. Not to me. He is the one with the answer. And it's just so important because I think a lot of times we go to the disciples and do not go to Jesus. Now you say, pastor, but that means you're a disciple, I I get it. We have answers, and God helps us, and leaders help us, but you have to develop a deep, profound connection directly to Jesus. Your affection, your devotion has to go to the feet of Jesus and no one else. Are you with me tonight? So they're going. Verse 18, sorry, uh, verse 17, he's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Verse 18, and whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground, and he foams out of the mouth, and he grinds his seeds and becomes rigid. And we've seen these things also in our day and age. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. And my friends, this is a whole other teaching. Pastor Deborah shares a profound teaching on this because at the end of Mark 9, Jesus says this spirit only comes out with fasting and prayer. She, and, and it's an amazing thing because it's not talking about the spirit, but it's going to talk about the spirit I want to share with you tonight. And he keeps going. Verse 19, and Jesus says, you faithless people. Ding, 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 ding. You faithless people. You hardly ever see Jesus upset. We know he flipped a few tables, and right here he's shooting a few lids in the head for people. He's saying, guys, what's going on? How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring me, bring the boy to me. When that shows up at the house and you've been going and dad says, oh, what's going on? Just bring it. I'm going to fix it. And Jesus is about to do that. But I want you to keep in mind that expression, you faithless people. Verse 20, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw who? Jesus. Jesus. It's a different level with Jesus. When the spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing again and foaming at the mouth. Verse 21, how long has this been happening? So Jesus is trying to figure out what is going on here. And Jesus asked the boy's father, and he replied, since he was a little boy. I want you to understand that the father already knew that it was the spirit. And this is important to understand. Let me tell you why. Tell you why. Because in the times of Jesus, in the, in the biblical times, there was no discovery of medication like we see today. Uh, and so everything that was a sickness was attributed many times to a spiritual situation. It was possessed by spirit. But I want you to understand that there's a lot of healing Jesus did where he did not cast out a spirit. And as a matter of fact, in one of the healings, Jesus specifically said, they asked him, who sinned? And he said, no one sinned, but this is so that God, so that God gets the glory. Are you with me? So not everything in life has to do with some spiritual thing in our lives. There's some natural things because we live in a broken world. But in this case, the father knew. And I have a suspicion that the father knew was a spirit because it says from when he was a little boy and I get the feeling that the kid at one point spoke and could hear. And now all of a sudden, he's unable to communicate. So he finds himself in a deep, deep problem that many of us can find ourselves with. Are you tracking with me so far? Verse 22, the spirit often throws him into the fire or the water trying to kill him. I, get this description. man. if you're a parent tonight? This description is incredible. How many of us find ourselves wanting to just fix the problem? We don't want our children suffering. Guess what? Your Father in heaven does not want to see you suffering either. And that's the kindness of God. And he says, you know what? And he throws him in the water and starts to kill him. Watch, 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 watch. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. That expression, if you can, is an expression that comes out of frustration of never finding answers. I've been there and you've been there. Been in a place in our life where we said, at this point, if you can, that would be great. Because we can't find answers. We can't find solutions. And this father finds himself knowing that Jesus is the answer because in verse 17, he said, I came so that you could heal my boy. And now that he's in front of Jesus and Jesus speaking to him, he said, can you do it? Is that even possible? Even though he took his son knowing that Jesus had the answer. You know what that's called? That's called life beating the faith out of you. That's what that's called. So that's, that's called. When you walk up to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I'm not sure you can do this one. And a lot of people walk into church or relate to Jesus thinking, this one, I think you met your match, Lord. I think my husband, he's your match, Father. He, you, you can't help there. This, this she can't help there. This situation, you can't help there. This economical problem, you can't help there. If you can If you can, if you can. If you can, verse 23, what do you mean if I can? I love Jesus right here. Jesus is like, what are we talking about, dude? Like, what just happened, right? Jesus is like, what do you You came to me and say, you brought your son knowing that I could heal him. And now you ask him, if I can? What do you mean if I can? Jesus asks. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything. Give God a praise for it. I love how it says <clears throat> in, the, um, in the New King James Version, it says, nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible. If you believe, there's no one believing you. If you see it, there's nothing that could limit you. But a lot of times we find ourselves in this position. Jesus says, listen, if you believe, but this is not where I'm going. We, we already know Jesus has said that. The angel said it to Mary. We already understand that. With Jesus, if you believe everything's possible, listen, look, at, look, look at this. Verse 24, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief, Lord. I'm not sure about you, but there are times where I've cried that line out. As a matter of fact, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because I feel more related to the father than anything else. Because when life beats you up, you relate to the negative experiences and you're thinking, God, ah, I'm not sure if you can, but would you help my own belief at this moment? Jesus is so kind. You don't read anywhere where Jesus says, man, you know what? Um, Come back when you have a little more faith and we'll talk about it. Nowhere. You can't find that. You can't find what Jesus gives. I, I need you to read Psalm 23, Psalm 91, and then Psalm 103, and then come back and we'll talk about it. Bring your kid with you that day. (laughs) Nowhere. Nowhere. It's not there. That's the kindness of God. That God understands our condition, but he wants us to fight against that condition because I believe that is the one thing we find ourselves fighting today. It is the spirit of unbelief, my friend. It is all over the place. And it's attacking the church, it's attacking everyone around us because it's just... Our negative experiences are leading us back to not see Jesus the way we're supposed to see him. As a matter of fact, our brains trick us many times. I read a story, I don't think, I think it's a myth, I'm not sure, uh, about Skittles. And if you like Skittles, if you like candy, Skittles are a famous candy. And so I read the story that Skittles all, I'm not sure if it's true, it's probably just an urban myth. um, um, Skittles all taste the same, but because our brain associates taste by the things we've experienced, then we taste what we see. So if you grab a red Skittle, it tastes like cherry or strawberry because that's the color you've seen before. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I haven't tried it. Maybe at the end I'll stop at 7-Eleven and give it a shot. Um, but, uh, but I heard that's, that's what happens. Your brain tricks you into assuming that is the flavor you're consuming because your eyes tell you something, your brain tells you something, therefore you taste it. My friend... Faith has nothing to do with what your brain can tell you. It has everything to do with what your spirit can tell you at the moment, what Jesus can say at the moment. Come on, give God a praise for it because it is so important. We cannot let our brain trick us into consuming something in a way that we've seen it in the past. I know I've done it. Done it. I run into a pinch and I go, man, I've been here before. This looks way familiar and I'm already freaking out right? Like, I have no idea, God, why do you have to wait until 11.59, the day I have to pay something? Like, you could have done it at 5 o'clock, 7 p.m., like, there's a bunch of hours, 11.59. Why? Right? Right? Like, Like, so your brain just gets you in a state where you're like, why? Like, why does it have to go down this way? Here's what the Lord is saying. There's a dependency that we have to reflect upon the Lord because everything has to be from faith. Romans 14, 23 talks about this. And it's a great verse because it's really talking about food. It's talking about food. Um, The Apostle Paul is discussing about food that is fed to idols and uh, with the Romans and describing this world, this You know, ungodly sort of culture that they were in, then Christians were coming to Christ and saying well, when we go to the market, the food is already sacrificed to the idol. We buy it. We cook it. We eat it. And and some Christians would say, that's crazy. That's of the devil. You have to do some other type of food. And so Paul is writing and says, hey listen, you just buy the food. If you don't know that it was, you pray for it and you eat it. And look what he says. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Paul says listen if you have doubts about something and it feels like sin in your life don't do that don't do that because he does not eat out of faith or from faith watch this for whatever is not from faith is what sin whatever is not from faith is sin and this is what faith is so important in our walk with Christ. This is why receiving things by faith is so crucial in our life. And remember, I am not telling you as some expert in this field. I am telling you as a Christian walking with you in this, in this walk of faith as we grow together. But I just see it with my own eyes in this current culture that we live in, that we are fighting with the spirit of unbelief. Is the idea that we're being hook-winged everywhere we look. Let me not get political in this sense. But you see it. A term was introduced, I believe, four years ago, fake news. And now on, the pastor Jim talked about it as a joke, but it's true. We Google everything because we're not sure this dude's telling me the truth. We double-check it. There's a spirit of unbelief because now we've applied that to Jesus. And that's dangerous. And that's exactly what the devil wants. The devil wants you to put doubt on the truth of God that has lasted thousands and thousands of years and is proven true from top to back in every way. Are you with me today? And it's so important that we go back and say, God, I believe what you're saying to me. I believe what your word has shown. I just believe the truth. Today we're seeing the truth, the the word of God manifested in reality towards the end of our days. That is the reality. It might not be the end of days like we said here, but it's the end of our days for sure. And it's so important for us to understand that unless we fight it, unless we fight it, we're going to succumb to it. Because the reality is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's who he is. And no man comes to the Father except through him. We need Jesus today more than ever, my friend. And we need to believe in him. And there's three areas of faith I want to share with you that are areas that I'm growing in, and I invite you to grow in because I believe this is what God would have us do. Here's the first one. Faith is heard. Faith is heard. You have to hear it, and you have to believe what you're hearing in order for it to take action in your life. Faith is heard. And this is why it's so important that you and I pay attention to what we hear. Are you with me tonight? Let let me give you the description that you've probably heard. Um, This is very common, especially in Hispanic music, which is kind of the world I pass through and the things I hear. But um, sometimes people um, get mad at their wives or girlfriends or whatever because they're hearing some crazy song that is talking about how so-and-so cheated on them. Now, their wife hasn't cheated on them, but the song told them it did. And so that stuff stays in your head. And you show up mad because you heard and you let it sink in. Don't say no, you've done. Right? Right? You you heard. You heard. And so this thing is like wait, if that's being done to them, is that being done to me? Hearing is actually very, very important. And it is why how we feed ourselves from the news from every area. This is what we hear is so crucial. So crucial. It's incredible. I don't know if I share with this with you guys, but I'll share it um, here. I think I share it in Spanish service. If I have shared before, then just kind of bear with me. But um, uh, it's been actually almost exactly a year uh, that I got COVID last year, October last year. And, um, and I remember it was, it was fine, you know. It was, it was a strong cold. Uh, and, and I, you know, praise God that that's what happened to me. Others had a different fate, and I won't belittle that. But for me, that's what happened except for one day. Now, listen to this. This is why hearing is so crucial. One day in that process, I began to watch the news, and I was talking to someone else on WhatsApp. Some friends were texting me, and I was getting all these reports that were negative. I mean, I kid you not. Like, Pastor said, true story. I told my wife, you go to CBS right now and buy me one of those things that measure oxygen. And I spent like $100 that day looking for stuff what to do because I freaked out. I thought, this is it. This is the end of me. And then the Lord says to me, what are you doing? What are you you doing? I said, Lord, they heard. He said, someone texted me. I mean, I was like, I'm telling you, I'm like, and I was, you know what it was? It was just a spirit of fear. I, I immediately recognized. I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? My friends, after that, other than being really fatigued, I really suffered no problem. And then I realized, and I was speaking to Adam, one of our, uh, our, our, our CFO here. I said, Adam, it's crazy what happened to me when, he, when I had COVID. This happened. He said, exactly happened to me. The moment I heard so-and-so die, the moment I heard so-and-so, I freaked out and became hyperventilating and realized, wow, you mean that we created a bigger problem for ourselves because we fed ourselves all this negative influence in our lives? And, and, I, and that happens to a lot of people. Once again, I am not belittling. People have died from this sickness. Please understand me. But I believe that a lot of people freak out over something that is probably not that in their own life because they are hearing all the negative stuff. When you go to your friend and tell man, I'm having issues in my marriage for this. Oh girl, you know what? This guy and this neighbor, And before you leave their office, your marriage is over because so-and-so said so. <laughs> are you with me? Or, man, I'm having trouble paying my truck, but I think I can pay. Oh, man, you got to hide that truck. My cousin got repo the moment he came out. Right? And then you're going home looking to see if they were chasing you, right? Where's the tow truck at? I want to make sure I park it. Because of what you've heard. It creates this narrative in our head and in our souls. And unbelief does that. And so hearing is an absolute powerful lesson for us. This is why we insist so much in preaching the word of God here in as many services as possible because we want you to hear it and let it come to you and receive faith. Are you with me today? John 4, John 4, John 4. John 4 we find Jesus coming to the city of Capernaum. Um, uh, to Sir Galilee, sorry, and there's a father coming from the city of Capernaum. So they're at this, and assuming, I don't know the exact distance, but let's say Jesus is ministering in San Bernardino. This father drove from San Diego to San Bernardino to find Jesus, to find Jesus. And so when he finds Jesus, he realizes, man, this is awesome. Let me go talk to Jesus. John chapter 4, verse 48 says, and then Jesus said, because they were once again arguing over miracles. Jesus, unless you see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. This is crazy. You know what Jesus is saying? You only believe if I show you. And that is exactly what our culture says today. I believe after I see. After I see. And Jesus, you won't believe anything unless I do some magic trick in front of you. Then you're assuming you can believe. But faith is something that happens prior to that process, prior to that process. Verse 49, the noble man said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. Say what? Most of us would have, that, that's our answer. Like, what do you mean? Like, no, no, like I need you to come down with me to the house and pray for the kid. And Jesus like, no, he's good. I was like, he's no good. I can't because he was no good. This is, a, this is crazy, right? Jesus is just something else. Just go your way. Your son lives. Watch, watch, watch. So the man believed the word. Talk about hearing, my friend. Come on, keep God a praise for him. Talk about hearing. That, that's, you know, our pastor, this we demonstrate when he prayed for people, people believed the word and they received their healing. Something happened and some are healed on the way. And, but, but he said he believed the word. Believe the word. Your son is okay. That Jesus spoke to him and look, look, this is what faith does. And he waited for Jesus to make sure Jesus went down with him. Are you reading with me? And he did what? he went his way. He's like, oh, you're saying he's okay? You're the guy, right? Yeah. I'm good. Let's go. That's what he did. He heard from the Lord and says, you said it. I believe it. I believe it. You said it. I believe it. Are you with me? Wow. What a powerful statement. This guy's teaching us something, this dad. Verse 51, and he was now going down his servants to meet with him and told him, saying, your son lives. So he's on his way back to San Diego, and on the way to San Diego around Temecula, runs into his servant, and the servant said, hey, listen up, your son is okay. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. I like this guy. This guy's inquisitive. He's like, you got to tell me more. Like, I left the house. He was dying. I'm coming back, and you tell telling me he's Okay. I know he's okay because you said it, but I need you to tell me more how it happened over there. I know how it happened here. How did it happen over there? And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left them. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son live. And he himself believed in the whole household. Come on. Your miracle doesn't happen the moment you see it. Your miracle happens the moment you believe it when you hear it. That's when it happens. Dad didn't know son was okay, but he knew in his spirit that he heard the voice of Jesus, so he knew son was okay. But It wasn't until later in Temecula when he found out. Are you with me? So important. What you hear brings faith. I want to invite you to speak and put words of faith in your heart. And I have to do that from time to time. When I'm in a negative space in my life, I put on worship. When I notice this, I, I find some preaching of somebody. The other day, my wife sent me one, uh, Jesse Plant. It's really funny. He always talks about faith. And he said, hey, listen to this. And so I was working around the house fixing some things, and I was listening to it, and, and it helps. It helps to hear someone else. It grows in your life. Are you with me today? There's plenty of stuff, but what you hear affects you. Here's the second thing. Faith can be seen. Faith can be seen. And this is so crucial because... Faith happens before it's manifested. Faith happens before it's manifested. And we live in a world, once again, that wants you to manifest so that they can believe. But it is not with God that way. With God is faith. Pastor Jebus says that faith is the currency of heaven. If you want to get something done from heaven, you're going to have to have faith to move goods and services. That's what faith does. Move goods and services from heaven onto earth. Wow. And so he says, "Hey, faith can be seen. You can demonstrate this in your life and in the way you do things." Look at this. Galatians 5:6, it says this: "For Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor incircumcision avails anything." So Paul is writing to the Galatians, if you um, have ever read the letter of of the Galatians. The Galatians were a church that eventually went back to the Judaizers, which it was Christians who were teaching that the only way to be truly saved is by doing and living the way the Jews did. And so now you have to remember, all these guys are Gentiles, all of us. We did not grow up in a Jewish context. So they're telling them, you're not really saved yet until you start doing and living the way we do. We do. And Paul has to write this entire letter to correct this understanding. And in that understanding, Paul says, listen, whether you are circumcised, which all Jewish people, all Jewish men are, or uncircumcised, which most Gentiles were not at the time, it matters, it does not matter. Let me put it in this terms: It doesn't matter what religious things you do to gain favor in Christ. Only one thing matters. But faith working through love. Paul says, it doesn't matter all these things that you do, but that your faith is put to action because of love. And love is seen. It's palpable. When you take a step of faith, when you love somebody that is not loving you back, you're taking a step of faith because you're hearing from Jesus. Love working itself through faith and faith working itself through love. Just a perfect circle. So faith can be seen in those demonstrations. Faith can be seen when you take those actions. Here's another one. 1 John, 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says the following. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Who's an overcomer and who's born again this day? Amen? And if you're not, we'll give you an opportunity at the end because it's so important. He said, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now watch this. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. If you want to be victorious in today's world, you have to have faith in Jesus. No other way, my friend. No other way. says, if you want to be an overcomer, faith is the way to do it. It is defeating unbelief in your life by holding on to Jesus to become an overcomer in every area of your life. It is through faith. It is through faith. It is through faith that your cousins are going to go, I don't get what you're doing, but you know what you're doing you know where you believe in the Lord, that your coworkers is saying, what is going on? Because you're an overcomer through faith in Christ Jesus. Are you with me today? And I, I want to encourage some of you today who are facing a tough decision that is happening in our nation. People are losing their jobs because they are weighing the factor of a vaccine. Now, please understand this is not political statement anyway, but it brings fear to people when you hear, I'm going to lose the way I feed my children if I don't make this decision. Here's our stance in the church. Do it in faith. Whatever you do, you do that in faith, and you will overcome the world because that's what the word says. You have to go to God. You have to go to God and say, God, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? And trust him. And trust. I'm already hearing testimony of people who are getting favored left and right. It's so amazing. You have to trust Jesus even in a time like this. There's, I get it. It is scary. It is tough. But we need faith back in it because if unbelief rules our home, is gonna derail us from Jesus, and that's not what He wants. That's not what He wants. Here's the last one for tonight. Faith is spoken. Faith is heard. Faith is seen. Faith is spoken. Faith is spoken. Faith is spoken. My wife didn't want me to talk about us, um, but I'll go ahead and share anyways. Um, <laughs> we're terrible. We're terrible. Um, no, but I'm not going to talk about us. But I, I, I have to talk. It's funny because she, she always, she's really big on confession and and speaking. And so, whatever everything I say, if it sounds a little negative, she's like, "Oh, you got to say different. You got to change. And I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, girl, like just let me talk. Like I'm venting here. Like just." <laughs> Let me call my buddies and let them have it. They don't tell me how to do everything right, you know? Um, and so, so, but confession is so important because what we say, those things that we speak, a lot of times are things that we speak that come into our ear and affects our soul. Are you with me? It's, so it's really important in, in that circle, that cycle is creator in our lives when we are saying, so faith, it is spoken. It is something we say. It is something we confess. It's something we do. And uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you, that, that is something I've learned here. That was not a teaching I grew up with. And I've been a Christian all my life, but this is something I've learned here. The power of confession because we say something, something happens, something, there's something that uh, it's created when we say those things. And what I wanted to share was, um, you know, when you, when you're in Love with somebody, you have to actually say they can't read your mind, right? They can't read your mind. You have to you have to share those things. Or if you want something, you have to share. And I remember when I was in love with who was my wife now, we weren't dating at the front, we were just friends. And so I invited her to, hey, I'm going to, you know, muster the courage. I'm going to tell this girl that I like her and I want to date her. But um, so I say, hey, meet me at the Starbucks in this particular street in the town we lived in. And so we went and so she's sitting, she already smells, this guy's going to ask me out. Right. So she tells me later on, thank God. um, she tells me, I already had the speech to turn you down. I was like, Oh, really? Right? So so I was like, so I so I tell her, I said, Hey, this, and and, you know, I feel this way about you and all this stuff. And right, she's gonna tell me a friend of hers walks up, and before she can change her mind, I left. I'm like, I'm out of here. And I just left, right? I'm like, hey, see you guys, hey, hang on with her. But she said something, she said, you know what is interesting when you said it to me. I was ready to turn you down, but something inside said, give it some time. And I'm glad she did. But you know what? Nothing would have happened if I don't take the time to actually say what I needed to say. And I want to tell you something with faith, you have to take the time to say. You are, God already knows. The Bible says he already knows what we need, but he says it in the context of prayer. So you ask yourself, why does he have to know? Why does he want me to tell him something he already knows? Because he wants you to hear yourself saying it. Are you with me today? He wants you. Faith happens in the moment. God, I mean, is God. I love God. Something happens when we verbalize those things in life. Faith is spoken. Faith is spoken. And so Mark 11, 23, 24, here's what got me when our pastor was preaching last week, and I want to end with it because this verse was so powerful. Actually, I have one more verse, but this verse was so powerful. Mark 11 says, For surely I say to you, whoever does what? says, Whoever says to the mountains, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he thinks will be... believes what? What he says. What he says. Believe what he says. He will have whatever he says. Let me tell you something. You're going to have to start speaking those things that you want to see in your life they create them. They happen. Believe me, it's something I am growing in in our lives. As a matter of fact, my wife started saying something a few months ago. Um, this phrase, we are advancing. And I wrote it down. I have a board in my office and I wrote it down. We are advancing. From time to time, I look, at, I look at the board and I just, I just say those words, we are advancing. And when she said I was like, that just sounds crazy, but you know, whatever. And I just, but I just decided, you know what? I'm going to believe with my wife. And I started saying it too. We are advancing. I don't see much. I don't feel much. We still have problems, but you know what? We are advancing. That's what's happening. That's where we're going. That's what Jesus is doing. We are advancing. When you say those things, when you say, then the things that you say and you believe, you will receive from Jesus. Are you with me tonight? If you haven't heard anything about what i've said tonight i need you to hear this these two things here's number one confession confession is connected to your heart confession is connected to your heart confession confession is connected to your heart i want to say this because what we say really does affect how we feel and how we act And the only thing that's going to help us overcome in this world is going to be faith. Here's how the Bible says this. Ephesians 6, 16 in the Amplified Bible. And if you want to highlight this, get it in your phone, read it to you throughout the week. I'm going to invite you to do that. Talking about the armor of God says, above all all," in the Amplified, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flames, meaning arrows, of the evil one. Nothing else in this entire protection system is there for your protection other than faith. There's the righteousness, shoes of the gospel, belt of truth. The Bible is your weapon of offense. But all of a sudden it says the only way you can defend yourself when the enemy comes at you is with faith. And if you have no faith, you're fighting with a weapon, but you have zero protection. Zero protection. And a lot of people today in Christianity find themselves in that way. They're fighting the enemy. Rah! And they're quoting the Bible, but they do not believe it. Therefore, they're still unshielded in their walk with Christ. God wants you to protect yourself. As a matter of fact, the description here is talking about a Roman shield, a soldier. And this Roman shield was very interesting because it was made of leather also in front of it. And they would wet the leather. And so when the arrows will come, we've all seen those movies, when they're shooting the arrows up and they protect themselves, when the arrows will come because the leather was wet, will absorb the fire from the arrow. And this is what he's describing. He's describing a Roman soldier saying, when the fiery comes at you, when the dark comes at you, when the light comes at you, it is faith that's going to cover you and protect you full body in every way. And my friends, I believe that today we need to grow in this area of our life because faith is heard, faith is seen, and faith is spoken in your life. Because if you can say those, what you believe, you will have that which you were saying. Would you give God a praise tonight for that word? Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.